when I go around, at least the Midwest, and talk about culture and, and building people-first companies, the first thing I say is we just need to have this conversation. This is the Brilliance Leadership Learning Podcast, sharing thought-provoking content and discussions to enhance your leadership development journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified of new episodes. Here is your host, Chantal Nash, Digital Learning and Engagement Manager from the team at Crotonville, GE's Global Learning Institute. Thank you for pressing the play button on your electronic device of choice and listening to our podcast. In this episode, I connected with John T. Meyer, CEO and co-founder of Lemonly, an infographic slash visual storytelling firm based in good old Sioux Falls, South Dakota, a place that is very near and dear to my heart. I'm so proud to see the great work coming out of this region and the great leadership behind it, and really excited that I was able to connect with John, learn more about the Lemonly story, and share this conversation with you all. Thank you, John, for making the time to be on the podcast today. I'm really excited to be talking with you. You bet. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here and 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 uh, talk to a fellow South Dakotan. That's yeah. the best part. Yeah, so maybe I should actually start this episode by explaining to people why I'm even talking to you right now. <laughs> That's a good story. I should. Uh, yeah. So I am from South Dakota, and I was actually visiting my dad up there recently, and I was flying out of Sioux Falls, and we were eating lunch, I think, at a restaurant called, is it Mackenzie River? Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the pizza, bar, craft beer type place. Yep. Yeah. And first of all, let's say they have these really awesome t-shirts that say, I'm your Huckleberry on them. I don't know if you've seen those, but okay. yeah, I bought one of them because it's awesome. Anyway, side note. Um, so, <laughs> so we left the the restaurant though, and on the way back to my dad's truck, I saw this door that said Lemonly on it, and it was really well designed. I thought it just caught my eye, and I'm like, "What is this place?" And it, uh, I I can't remember what does it say on your door. Does it say? So, yeah, it says "Home of the World's Best Infographics." Yeah, which, you know, being a South Dakotan and a Midwestern folk person you know we have all these little towns that all claim to be home of the best or the largest or the smallest or the weirdest or the, <laughs> you know Huron is home of the world's largest pheasant and there's this 40 foot pheasant that's you know on a statue so we wanted to like take that and kind of make it our own well that's then, that's neat i didn't know that and i'm gonna ask the pheasant you- part or the lemon part <laughs> um the lemon part i'm pretty sure i knew about the pheasant i know about the corn palace yeah, yeah. Um, although I'd never been in it, and my dad finally told me one day, like, it, there's nothing in it. Like, it's, it's a basketball gym. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so I was walking by, and I I saw that, and it was really it caught my eye, and I was like, infographics. I didn't realize that was a thing here. So I took a picture of it so that I could look it up later when I got home, and I did. And then, like some of the other podcast guests I've had, the story goes that once I looked you up, I saw the company, and I saw. Uh, everything in terms of the values that it stands for and the branding around it. And it just really uh, was inspiring to me. So cool. reached Thank out you. to John. Yeah. Um, I think I reached out to you on Twitter first. And after a, a few back and forths, here we are having you on the podcast. So we're going to talk a little bit about Lemonly. Let's do it. I'm excited. Cool. So I'm going to ask you to describe more about what Lemonly is. But first and foremost, like, how did you get the name Lemonly? Sure. So uh, there's I always say there's the the marketing story and then there's the the true story. And okay. so we'll start with the the marketing story. Uh, you know, we tell stories at Lemonly, so we gotta we gotta we gotta spin this however we can. Um, we say we take your your boring data, your 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 boring content, your boring stories, your your lemons, basically, 
and turn it into lemonade. Ah. We say we're always sweet, never sour. Uh, and it's, it's allowed itself to, to really build upon the brand. So when you sign up, uh, to be a client at Lemonly's, we send you lemon bars in the mail last year, uh, at holidays, we designed these kind of infographic lemon cocktail recipes and sent those to our clients oh, nice. for the holiday. We off, there's a really great, uh, patisserie in downtown Sioux Falls. And so when we go visit clients, we'll often bring lemon macaroons. So anyway, it, it's allowed itself to kind of expand into, into, uh, uh, something that's fun and playful. And, um, but the true story is really that I, I own the domain and it was easy to say, right? Oh, gosh. So, <laughs> Uh, lemon.ly when we originally launched uh-huh. um, 2011 as a company there was also a couple other visual kind of design companies using the ly so we kind of piggybacked off of that uh, um, okay. then found this kid in ohio i called him up because he uh, randomly owned lemonly.com i call him he said i didn't know you could sell these things mm. <laughs> and i said yeah i'll buy it from you for a thousand bucks and he was ecstatic and super pumped and then he said well, wait, 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 let, let me get back to you in a little bit. And I was like, oh, crap, he's going to go look us <laughs> up and, and come back and, and, you know, charge us, yeah, you know, 10 times more. So he calls back like 30 minutes later. And he's like, how about 2000 bucks? And so I said, hey, dude, we had a deal. Yeah. 1500 We'll meet in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I bought Lemonly.com for 1500 And uh, so the real name is, yeah, it's, it's just something you could Google and say. But so I think the lesson there is, a brand, a name is what you make it, right? Not how how clever the name is. It really we 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 made it into a brand, but it was nothing when we started. Yeah, no, I, I was actually gonna say that to already have that and then think of the concept afterward is actually pretty interesting. Okay, so describe a little bit more then about what Lemonly does. You already mentioned that you're an infographics company. You kind of take stories and turn them into infographics, but give us a little more detail on that. Yeah, so we started in 2011 as an infographic company. Uh, my co-founder Amy and I saw all these infographics online. If you can remember back to 2011, it seemed like every third tweet had the word infographic in it. Uh, if you do a Google search or uh, um, what's it called, um, keyword search, we see how like how terms trend. Uh, it was really really rising at that time, and um, but we found that a lot of them weren't weren't that good. We felt like like ones making it on Mashable or TechCrunch or Time or mm. uh, wherever just didn't, didn't think we're that great. And so we said, what if we do one thing and do that one thing really well, hopefully world-class. And so we started as an infographic company. And today we call ourselves visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. So we help some of the world's best brands tell their story using visuals. And so that can come in the form of a static infographic, an animated video, uh, maybe a one-page microsite, or probably social media content. So think GIFs, charts, quotes, things like that. But the, the key is that intersection between really good visuals and told in a story format, because we believe that the intersection right there is how people learn the best, how they remember, mm-hmm. how they retain, and then also tell their friends. Yeah. So I'm like so torn right now as to where to take this podcast episode, because <laughs> I feel like I could talk for a long time just on that stuff alone especially for your background learning and development I know I'm trying to not be selfish here so (laughs) (laughs) um so let's just take it this way which is the thing that struck me the most when I when I looked up your company aside from just loving what you guys do in general um was the like the benefits first and foremost because you disclose them openly on your website 
I thought that was really interesting and fair. And on top of that, not only uh, do you disclose them publicly, but some of the benefits that you have are really cool and unique. And just to give a few examples, you have um, this thing called an adventure bonus, where I think it's after five years with the company, you give people like, is it $5,000? Uh, we wanted to do 5000 to start, and then we started looking into kind of the financials yeah. of how that would – we have a lot of people who are about ready to hit that. We're a small team, about 20 people. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we have $2,500. So, essentially $500 okay. for every year when you hit your um, five-year anniversary. Okay. Yeah. And we, and the, 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 the caveat there is that you have to go somewhere. You'll, you also get five extra days of PTO once you hit that point. Okay. And you have to go somewhere out of North America. Right. Um, you have to go on an adventure. And, and so, we have this – kind of model we call it lemonly our, our, our building blocks of culture and it, and it starts with core values first mm-hmm. so you know what do you believe in what do you stand for um then people so once you have those values you can hire the right people get them the right people on the bus and in the right seat right as jim collins says um and then train them but then once we know what we stand for and who we have on the bus then we actually make the benefits to to re-reflect it and to tailor to those people and in, Certainly, this is an easier as a 20-person lemonly than a, right. than a GE. Um, but uh, so, for instance, one of our three core values is adventure. Mm-hmm. It's about taking risk. It's about making mistakes. It's about um, trying things. We're a, a culture of ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Um, you know, it's kind of the whole Facebook, like, move fast and break things, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and just to, like, align it to GE folks, we have something called FastWorks, which is very similar. Sure. It's like fail fast and iterate. And stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so hopefully we're hiring people that then take, invent, you know, that, that take yeah. adventures seriously. And so then it makes sense that once you get to the top of that, that, pier- that little pyramid of building blocks, that you then have policies that reflect that. And so... We literally make them live out adventure by going somewhere new and by getting uncomfortable and by giving them the benefit to go travel and learn, which I believe is one of the best ways that you grow. Um, and then bring that back and, and to, you know, do a photo slideshow or just tell the team what you learned or the coolest food that you tried or um, that you tried to learn the language or whatever it might be. We feel like that's a really great place to align our values with our benefits. Yeah, no, so I, I love that. And that's only, that's just one of them. I mean, you've got, you will do lunch and learns on fun topics that your employees mm-hmm. want to know about. I mean, I'm talking things like making sushi and well, how do you <laughs> We did learn? making sushi. We did what a, what a Roth IRA is. Yeah. We do have a lot, I'll, I'll say we do have a lot of um, we have predominantly millennials. I think we have maybe a, a couple, what is it, Gen Z, maybe one mm-hmm. Gen X. Um, so we are a younger company in terms of um, the people as well. And this topic came up of adulting. They were like, hashtag, adult, <laughs> hashtag yeah. adulting. And then they wanted to know more about like, how, how do you sign it? Like, what, how, what's a mortgage look like? And yeah. what do you, you know, so it's very easy if you ask people in the community, Hey, we'll buy lunch. Will you come in and share your knowledge? Mm-hmm. And uh, people are openly happy to do that. But that, yeah. I mean, that's just so important. I feel like, cause aside from the generations, I feel like that's not something that you learn in school. So unless you do have somebody sure. in your life that does that i mean so that whole concept is just cool and then one other one that i just want to call out is um this 80 dollars and 90 minutes for christmas which kind of makes me very anxious <laughs> because i don't know yeah. if i could do it but i i also kind of love it so talk about that well you're, you're you do your homework well um so you read your blog post <laughs> and yeah we were trying to we were trying to you know we tried to do something different and clever every year for christmas uh or for holidays i should say 
Um, and so we'll sometimes get, we've, we've done a standard gift and then we've done like answer this, fill out this quiz and like a buzzfeed based on what answer you get. You know, are you like a, have a wine by the fire or are you like going on an adventure? <laughs> you know, and then we would have a custom gift. And then this year we tried something different. We said, okay, um, we had an envelope with 80 bucks in it and we're all in downtown Sioux Falls. I have a couple of remote people that did this as well in their respective cities. And we said, okay, you have 90 minutes to go spend this money. Uh, and then come back and do a show and tell on, on, on what you bought and, and why, you know, treat yourself. Don't go, you can go to the pharmacy and like, you know, buy groceries or, you know, buy, yeah. buy something for your family, <laughs> like, go, like, get something for yourself. And so, yeah, that was a fun way of something we did differently. And I think the point, as you're saying, um, with all of our benefits is to just to design a culture that's intentional on, on why you do things instead of just doing things because you're supposed to like, you know, for instance, we, we didn't have healthcare benefits uh, until 2017 mm-hmm. till this year, mm-hmm. uh, even though we're about six years old. And why is that? Well, a couple of years ago, we surveyed our team and we said, okay, rank these things an order of most importance. So salary, PTO, remote work, like where you, your location, the technology that you mm-hmm. get to work with um, healthcare, rank these things, um, job title, what's most important to you and what's least. And we said, they're all important, but you know, what's most important. And in aggregate, we were able to gather that data and look at it. And, and healthcare was maybe like fourth on the list. And not that they, it wasn't important to them, but we dug into that because we, we were surprised too. And we learned, I mean, about half of our company at that time, probably less now was still on their parents' plan, mm-hmm. like their healthcare plan. And so instead where we decided to allocate those dollars was just to larger salaries and so we've since added it because we've had a lot more little baby lemon heads and yeah and the, the family is growing i guess you could say um but at the time it wasn't as important and so the last thing i wanted to do was invest make an investment and spend the money into a part of the business that that didn't move the needle right that people didn't really care about as much um and now again that's this thing that it's easier to aggregate that data of 20 than say twenty thousand, right or two thousand. But that's one of our advantages, I guess, as a small company. And and I think the point there, yeah, is just tailoring policies to the people, which are then built on the values. That's kind of our philosophy. Yeah. And I love that you have the term lemonheads. Like, I feel like it's, <laughs> you know, like, you know how celebrities have their, their fan bases, they call them certain things, like, like the beehive for Beyonce. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the lemonheads. That's so cool. Like, I don't think, I don't know if we have anything like that at GE. So I'm going to have to ask somebody. No, we're proud of that. That could yeah. be done. So one of the other things, this which is going to lead into my other question is, well, so I guess the question is, you kind of already answered this in terms of how and why you came up with some of these things. But I also want to go back to when you first started, did you know that this was something that as a business owner, you were going to try to do or did it just kind of come along? And I know one of the the benefits, if you will, um, in terms of remote employees, allowing remote, um, yeah. allowing people to work remotely pretty much full time came because um, you just really wanted to find when you were starting the company the best talent regardless of where they were it didn't matter if they physically sat and I think that is a testament to what you said earlier about not doing things just because they've always been done that way so I know that kind of stemmed from that and was something that I was like yeah why don't more people think that way and we've talked before about how there's still a lot of debate about should we let people work from home or not? And some people let their employees do it. And then now all of a sudden they're saying they can't and they're calling them all back in. So I, I, I guess that's more of a comment. But then <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep. in terms of um, but I guess back to the question of 
did you think of all of these other benefits ahead of time or did they kind of come as, as you went? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we jumped into probably the details right away of some of our perks or benefits, but really I think the larger conversation is, um, by, by some means or other, we've become at least in the Midwest, I'll say, uh, known for our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, you know, we're probably the most Silicon Valley-esque company, we'll say in air quotes, um, yeah. in Sioux Falls or South Dakota. Some of the stuff isn't super innovative if you get out to, to San Francisco or other parts of the world. But um, yeah, we become known for it in a way, which I think is funny because it certainly wasn't meant to be this marketing or strategic um, thing. To me, it was just the way to do business, right? The way to, to treat your employees yeah. and to build a people first company. Um, we're trying to do again, world-class design work here in South Dakota, which is a, a state with 800,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't any, you know, world renowned art schools or design schools. We're taking talent from the region and we're growing the talent. We're, we're making that we're allowing them a culture to make mistakes and we're working with some of the, the world's best businesses, right? So yeah. Netflix, Disney, Marriott, United Nations, the Green Bay Packers, Major League Baseball, Salesforce, um, to tell their story. And I think, so to me, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't this big strategic thing. It just seemed like the right thing to do. And now somehow along the way, and that's what led to when, as a small business owner, I always just wondered, Hey, what, what do other businesses do? Like, how is our PTO policy? Mm-hmm. Where, where do we stand on maternity leave? Um, or we want to do paternity leave. Like, where does this stack up? And I always would see these other agencies or other shops and just kind of wonder. And so I just said, screw it. We're just going to put ours up there and say, here's what we do. Um, tell us if this is good. If, it, if you're better, call us out and we'll try to be better. If if we're better, then maybe maybe this will be the standard that you can live up to. And one of my favorite stories is a young woman here in Sioux Falls. So that's that's one blog post we wrote where it's, just, it's really just a basically a bullet point list mm-hmm. of all the benefits. And every year we'll update it with the new one. So we'll do one here in January. Um, but we also then break down a lot of those individual policies and write blog posts. So we wrote about our maternity policy, why you should have a what we call a mom room in our office. Um, but uh, she, she works at an, another agency in town. They have they had no maternity policy. It's owned by two older men, and the all the employees, at least of the female um, employees, were beyond kind of that point in their life. And this is a young woman who you know, was nervous to bring that topic up and broach that topic with her, sure. with her bosses. And so she literally just took our blog post to her bosses and said, Hey, this is what, if, as an example, this yeah. is what Lemon does. I don't, you know, whatever you guys can do would be great. And they had no idea. So they just copied our policy and then she got to have a maternity leave. Wow. And, and, I, and that's like one, one small case, yeah. but it was something that we certainly felt good about. And so I think when I go around at, at least the Midwest and talk about culture and, and building people first companies, the first thing I say is we just need to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just need to be talking about it a little bit more. Um, and so then I think we talked about this in our earlier conversations or on Twitter. But, um, you know, another thing that we do is try to build in a lot of gratitude into our business. We're mm-hmm. a service, service-based company. So mm-hmm. we people pay us for our time. Um, and so, you know, when you sign up, like I said, we send lemon bars in the mail. Our project managers who are like our the equivalent of an agency's account person. We don't really use the A word too often uh, <laughs> for agency, but um, you know, I tell them get to know these people. Like, what what are, what are their hobbies? Do they have kids? What are their kids' names? What's going on in in, in Houston or in New York or San Francisco? Like, um, 
that's important. And then of course, when you, when we finish your project at London, you get a handwritten thank you note from the person who actually created your project. So, Hey, this is Brett. I was the designer. Thanks so much for, for working with us. You know, I'd love building it. If we'd love to work with you again, and just building this gratitude, the fact that anybody wants to write us a check for, for our services, sure. is, in itself, um, we should be pretty appreciative. And I, and we get a lot of like, you know, I, I like things that don't scale in this world where everyone is, everything is about scale, scale, mm-hmm. scale, um, to go kind of zig when other folks zag and, and say, mm-hmm. um, we're going to do things that don't scale. And, and now, as you know, being a South Dakotan, um, you know, that was just how I was raised. Yeah. Like my mom said after your birthday, Hey, you can't go out and play until you sit down and write these thank you notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, when we send these thank you notes to a company in New York or San Francisco, it just blows their mind. And to me, it's just the way we do work. I love that. I love that it's not just for your company that you're also raising the standard, to your point. I guess beyond that, you don't even really leave. I guess you do leave it to to have a conversation. But if you're doing it and people are already appreciating it, you kind of just skip right to it and say, this is what this is what people want. Um, so that's great. And how have your employees reacted to that? Or I guess, what are the benefits that they've seen after working with you for a while? Yeah. Um, so I think we, I think there's a lot of, so I'm a big believer that culture is actually built, you know, from the bottom up from, um, and we're pretty flat kind of pyramid at Lemonly to begin with, but it really a company and this company, the size of GE, it's, it's what all the, what all the employees believe in and what they value and, and how they think of the company. And then of course it's modeled from the top down. So um, if leadership or executive team isn't, isn't mimicking or um, living out those values and the, then the culture is just not going to work. Um, but I think the the team of 20 really feels like they can mold and shape this culture. And again, I understand we're six years old and, and we're more of a, not a, we're not a startup, but like a, a newer company. So mm-hmm. we, we have less, institutional or kind of legacy DNA so we can move a little quicker. But um, I think they know that if, if, if they want something to change, they can be the model for that or they can bring it up, uh, bring it up the chain or they can. Um, so I think that's empowering um, for them that they really feel like they help shape this. Yeah. But also, you know, and we don't really dig too deep into the ROI of what a good culture is, but uh, it's certainly there. We know we can talk yeah. about the cost of hiring, mm-hmm. training, developing this you de- you definitely know this how long that takes mm-hmm. especially in, in the services model where really the only thing we have in terms of asset is is our people and our talent um, we just don't have people leave very often and i in my humble opinion like every we we have the every single one of the best designers in south dakota works at lemonly um and so the reason we we do do remote work as you said or had that's been a part of our culture um is maybe there's just not a lot of people here. So <laughs> as as we grow, That's we also need like we just statement. want the best people wherever they are. And so actually, our first outside of my co-founder, I, our first actually employee um, was in Serbia, and she worked for us yeah. for about three, three, three and a half years ish. Maybe um, we posted a job. Any designers listen to the podcast? A, a now defunct website called Forest. It was like a design community, mm-hmm. kind of like almost back when maybe even pre dribble. Um, and she found it on a job board and she applied and we felt like she fit the culture. And we tried to bring her out one time in, in, um, in her three years. And then she ended up, she got married and then she had a baby and just timing didn't work. But so I never actually met her in person, um, but 
you know, we, we did a lot of face like FaceTime and Skype calls like this and, um, and she was an awesome employee. And so that set the tone right away from the beginning in terms of remote work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a couple employees, a couple employees in Vancouver. We have one in New York City. Um, but then that was also a way I try to be very, um, I guess egalitarian in terms of the benefits. And so I said, well, if people can live, work in New York or in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Why can't they also work remote just in Sioux Falls? You sure, know, they can come yeah. to HQ and we have an office, but gosh, if, if they got to do some deep work and they have a big project or it's January and it's minus 20 and they don't want to get out of the house, uh, just stay home and work. It's, yeah. I recently saw a post on this, this business leader was saying he was kind of, uh, bragging about how he, he lets all of his remote per employees or he lets his employees work remote one day a week. And then he was kind of talking about all of the benefits and all the exciting things that have happened from that. Yeah. Um, and I just said, that's, it doesn't seem like you trust him. Like if you let him do it for one day a week, why not two or why not three or one and a half? And, and that even becomes a slippery slope. Like at that point, just, just do it and let him do it. And I, and I, if anyone's listening to this, who, who and I also understand we are in an industry that allows us to work remote, same, similar right. to you. Like I know that if you're retail, you got to be at the store. If you're manufacturing and the, the thing is coming across the assembly line, you got to be there. Um, but in our business, you know, for folks who want to try it and maybe have a manager or a boss that's more reluctant, I, I always encourage to use the E word, which is experiment. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, let me try this let, for Thursdays in November. Let me try to work from home and then. The experiment to me implies that you're, there's going to be an evaluation period at the end of the experiment and, and you see how you did. And gosh, if you, I would hope no boss would say, I want my employees to be less productive, right? Yeah. You know, at the end of those four Thursdays in November, you show that, gosh, you're really great at it. Okay. Let's make it more of a permanent thing. And then we'll try Friday and then we'll try, you know, whatever it might be, remote work or, um, you know, Whatever the policy is that you want to try or the thing that you wish to have your culture, encourage the team to just try and experiment. Yeah. So one of the things that you said about the employee that you had in Serbia in terms of not having ever met her, I just want to point out that it still sounds like, though, that you were able to build a relationship. And I just wanted to touch on that because I feel like because everything is so digital, I mean, don't get me wrong, I know that face-to-face interaction and relationships are different, but it, I, I don't feel like you can't build a relationship or you can't get to know somebody if you are only interacting digitally. Yeah, we think. I mean, we obviously think about culture a lot. And to me, then we had to start thinking about how culture can go beyond four walls, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so since we, since remote work has been a part of our culture since day one, almost, she was started like 60 days into the company's history, mm-hmm. uh, but we've always had a remote employee. And I think Slack is great. Technology is great, but we also, um, it never worked out with her, but we, we fly our employees in twice a year. So yeah. we do yeah. a hackathon in the spring um, where we shut down the office for 24 hours. And the one assignment is create something that makes Lemonly better. Yeah. And use, you know they form little teams and they have 24 hours to figure out something that makes Lemonly better. Um, in the, in the fall coming up here in about two weeks, we do a company retreat. And so we fly them in and we actually take them, we go somewhere away from daily life. Yeah. Uh, a lake or the Black Hills or wherever and, and talk about what Lemonade looks like in the future. Um, and I think, so yeah, you need to think about how I, one thing I think about remote work is it helps when the, the ratio of we'll say like HQ to remote is a little bit more balanced. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to have 19 HQ and, and one remote. Sure. Yeah. Uh, 
And so it's about, it's always been about 25% of our workforce, I would say has been about remote. So okay. that helps, but yeah, culture needs to extend beyond just four walls in, in my mind. Yeah. So it sounds like though, you have a lot of social elements into this too, which is a big thing, especially again, for a company like ours, where we do have 350,000 employees globally, social media is one of those things, especially from a learning standpoint that we're trying to implement more of. And there's definitely cultural challenges around that and different, um, you know, different feelings that people have about that. So sure. you are active on social media. Um, in addition to this remote policy that you have, you're active on social media as a brand. Um, you have this blog answers to questions, which I, that's just another name that I think is really just clever. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's so simple. It's like, people answer. get it wrong all the time though. So I don't know if it's good branding. They're always like that questions. Answer, oh, you know? Yeah. I will admit that I made that mistake too. I thought it was um So it may not be that great of a I name, thought it was yeah. something else, but yeah, and then I had cuz when I looked it up I realized it wasn't coming up I and I had to go back. So you're you maybe right about that. But I so don't it's actually a terrible name. <laughs> no, it's not a terrible name though. I still think it's funny. Anyway, um in one of your videos in addition to having the vlog, you actually talk specifically about what's the point of social media in one of yeah. them. So talk about how that factors into your management of Lemonly as a company? Um, like, why do you feel like it's important to have a social presence both as an individual and as a company? Sure. Um, so I think the first point of that video, which I think is a, a good management lesson, is just the importance of asking the question, why? So always backing up and being like, why do we do this? Just like, why do we have to offer healthcare in case, but if people actually would rather make more money or, you know, just all those points, I think, the, the lens of asking why and stepping back is, is important. Um, so as social media, yeah, we tackled that in one of the episodes. And to me, I think uh, we'll just say individual first, um, especially I think becoming a father almost two years ago changed this, but Aww, I think that, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, social media is, is, I just think it's so fascinating in terms of, of creating a legacy. Uh, you know, I can go back home to my parents' house and open the big chest and find these mm -hmm. black and white photos of, my great grandpa or great great grandpa who came over from Norway and settled in the farm here in South Dakota, which is now fourth generation farm. I mean, that's all cool, but yeah. um, my daughter can go watch these videos and, and read my tweets someday. And, and, and so I think there's a little bit of a um, building this archive, which I think is so interesting, which yeah. also makes me, you know, question, you know, maybe why, maybe I don't need to take an Instagram of like my sandwich either. You know? <laughs> I was going to say, gonna sometimes like, people don't think about that, that years from now, people are going to be looking at this and being like, what? Yeah, exactly. But I think, um, I think I have a very long-term view when it comes to social mm -hmm. media and also relationships. I mean, I'm not looking for, I, I don't even know if, I mean, maybe, but I don't think we've ever gotten like customers at Lemonly because we're on Twitter. Um, but I think we believe so much in what we stand for, our values, and we want to tell, tell that story. Like we want lemonly to have a brand or for for people to have a feeling about lemonly so that's everything from yeah our, our our blog to our facebook post to our tweets but then of course we also want them to look great right because we're a visual company and so we probably spend extra time or we make a fun gift for or a cinemagraph during um you know saint patrick's day or you know whatever it might be we just want to put out that content so that there is an outward feeling or brand about lemonly and then i think on the personal side I've just learned that there's a lot of power in using that platform um, and maybe as a CEO or leader of that company. So 
uh, I'll come clean and say, you know, I own a design company, but don't know how to use Photoshop. Um, so my co-founder is a creative director and really the, the design for her job is to make sure everything that comes out of our doors is of lemonly quality. Mm-hmm. And my job is to build a company and, and hire great people and create a culture. And so I've loved that. I don't, so I don't know if I'll be making infographics the rest of my life. My guess would be not. But using that platform as uh, as a way to spread the things that I believe in, which is building these people first companies and and doing work that matters. Um, and so that's why, yeah, the videos are fun. I, I'm a big believer in in choosing the platform or the medium that that you play well on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you if you if you're a great writer, you should write a blog. If if you love having conversations, you ask great questions. You have a podcast. Um, I like to talk and don't mind being on camera. So we created a little video blog. Um, but yeah, so I think that's important. Um, and then it's certainly run understanding. And that's what we've talked about in that episode too, that um, social media is also very addictive, right? So you have to at least understand its, its limitations as well mm-hmm. and know why you use it and what for. And um, cause I spend a lot of time thinking about productivity as well and just how I spend my time and I'm a big believer in, you know, 80, 20 rule that often 20% of your efforts, you know, yield 80% of the results. So um, probably reading Twitter isn't probably a part of the 20%. (laughs) Yeah. So what are your thoughts then on evolving the company and the brand? Because I know you've described Lemonly before as a visual storytelling company. um, And you mentioned before just turning that into storytelling. What, what does, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I wonder, um, this is a challenging one for me because what got us here was being you know, so niche and focused. So even though I don't like to say the word agency, we, you know, we're, we're, we're an agency that, that does a few services and we want to be world-class at those services. And because of that, you know, um, we are, we, a lot of our businesses is, comes through inbound and through search. People will search something like infographic design company or infographic agency. And that's why we get most of the clients that we work with. And then of course, doing good work and word of mouth referral. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, should we stay in our lane or, or does that lane need to expand? Certainly we can't be a one, uh, a one trick pony. Um, but I almost wonder world-class design, which is, I think something we have is also a subjective thing, right? Mm-hmm. What, how you feel about that might be different, how I feel about that or our clients. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's very true. So maybe just great design, like go to look at our portfolio and look at the clients we work with. That's kind of table stakes. Like you've decided you, it's credibility building. Okay. They, they can hang. Um, but maybe the real value we bring is, is this idea of taking a concept that's something either confusing or boring or hard to understand and making it easier to understand, more simple, more interesting. Like this, it's actually this this translation or this kind of distilling mm-hmm. of information into a story is what our real value is. Yeah. And maybe the medium, whether it be visual, audio, the written word, photography, not that it's less important, but the, the focus is on the, the, the storytelling. And then we just, we recommend or prescribe the, the medium based on the goals of the client. So where's this content going to live? Who's your audience? How do you, what, what do you want them to do? Um, because sometimes a podcast might be right and sometimes an infographic might be right. Yeah. I really like that because there is, I feel like so much emphasis um, on stuff that trends and there's totally value in that. But um, I think in actually our last podcast episode, we talked about this. I was just like, you have to do what makes sense for the audience and for the context. And sometimes that's 
video. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's, you know, like you said, a podcast or something else. So yeah, I think you're exactly right there. Like you, you shouldn't go chasing the, the shiny object, mm-hmm. but you should always be thinking about the value you add, whether it be your product or service. And how can you enhance that value, right? If there's one extra thing that you can add on, like obviously we're all trying to probably grow our businesses, but what do the clients actually need and, and, and what does the user of the product actually want? And then how can you enhance that? Um, so that's something I'm thinking about and, and something that would be a little bit of a, um, not a leap, but like a, a sidestep for us. And sure. so we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. So the, the one other question that I have for you is something that I saw in another episode of your answers to questions blog, um, which is going through all of this, uh, all of the stuff that you've, you've been through, I guess. And maybe that's not what led you to this philosophy, I guess, but, um, what's the one thing that you think most entrepreneurs should do more of? Yeah. So we just, we just published that one not too long ago. And, and I, and I, I said, have an opinion was my answer. Um, and what I mean by that was, was, um, not being afraid to take a stance, to take a side. And so I mentioned, you know, core values being a way to declare what you believe in and what you stand for. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Hamilton show and, and the musical. And in mm-hmm. that musical, there's a line when, uh, Hamilton raps to Aaron Burr and he says, if you stand for nothing, Burr, what do you fall for? Um, and this idea of, of uh, companies today, I mean, I believe that companies do have brands and have personalities, even though they're these entities, mm-hmm. uh, but they stand for things. And that can be when we're in a time of, of crisis, you know, whether like, like 2017, <laughs> um, you know, weather or politics or whatever it is, mm-hmm. civil rights, um, you know, having a stand for that. And this is, I think, more of a realization and you can relate to this, but just growing up in the Midwest where we, we tend to be very kind of middle of the road and, and probably, um, there's, you know, this idea of Midwest nice where we don't ever actually say what we're actually, what we actually mean mm. for fear of offending or, um, perhaps someone disagreeing with us and being okay with the fact that maybe someone doesn't like us. And certainly the point in that video wasn't the message there isn't to make enemies. Um, right. I feel like we're probably pretty pretty friendly people <laughs> at Lemonly, but I rec- But if you're in the middle, you're also just pretty pretty vanilla and pretty forgetful or forgettable. Um, I think when you choose to stand and, and declare what you stand for, yeah, some people will disagree, but the people who agree will agree deeper and more passionately, and you'll build these super fans. And so, I think brands and companies, and then we'll even say individuals need to have an opinion yeah yeah that's um really the part that i think resonated with me was the fact that um not only does it say something i think if you have as a company a strong value uh stance i guess but then the people that work for you will also be more passionate about that i really like the whole taking a stand thing because i think there are a lot of companies I, i shouldn't even say that but i think there are definitely entrepreneurs and probably especially small business owners who are a little bit they don't know what to do or they're afraid to do something on too far down one side or another because they don't want to polarize people and maybe polarize is a strong word because not all differences have to be polarizing but just the fact that you as a company have decided and it's very clear um you have these values you have policies that follow the values you have employees that buy into them and yeah. I think that definitely makes you stronger as a company and differentiates you. So I I just, as an observer, for me, 
when I see a company that seems like they don't know what they stand for, that's like that, that doesn't inspire me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think you're kind of coming full circle on some of the things that we've talked about, which is like, you know, so you have the core values, but then, but then we post our benefits transparently online. And then we use social media Mm -hmm. to share, whether it be a fun lunch and learn or even a serious, like, how we feel about a, a, a policy or, or something that's going on in, in the country. Mm-hmm. And now at this point, and collectively, if you're applying to work at Lemonly, like we hope you have a pretty good idea of what you're getting into. I mean, one of our blog posts is how we hire at Lemonly. And we actually talk yeah. about the formula we use to hire and some of the tough questions we ask, which people are like, isn't that like the answers to the test? And I say, yeah, it's exactly like that. Um, but if you don't do your homework and read the answers to the test, then you're totally missing yeah, out. Yeah, then you totally fail, uh, and we know that. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's really important that that's a two-way transaction, or that's even not the right word, but like a two, you're you're signing this contract that hopefully goes two ways. It's not you always hear companies be like, well, they weren't the right fit, or they weren't a culture fit for us. Um, but were you a culture fit for them? You know, mm-hmm. like are they are is Lemonly the right place for you? Because there are some quirks and nuances and some things about our culture. And if you don't believe in it or buy into it or disagree, like that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want you we want to be as clear as possible about what you're getting into. Um, and so I think a lot of that comes full circle with the, the things we've been talking about and yeah. being open on that conversation. Uh, I just think companies need to be a little bit more. Um, willing to kind of pull back the curtain about who they are and what they stand for and not have to. And that means sometimes we're wrong, right? Sometimes we make mm-hmm. mistakes and, and there are things that maybe we would have done differently today than we did two years ago. Um, that's okay. I think companies are like people. They're, they're growing, they're evolving, they're learning. That's part of the gig. Yeah. I, and I just think that's so important. I feel like if you're always trying to convey that you've got it all figured out or, um, or that you're, you're trying to, get it all figured out for everybody, even if you don't already have it, like you just need to like pick, pick something and stand by that. Um, because even as like from a business perspective, if you don't know what your values are, I feel like you're already behind, especially in our world today. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think you can, you know, I think good social media, I'm, I'm certainly not a social media pro and we don't have. Oh, come on. I see your baseball updates all the time. <laughs> My baseball <laughs> updates. Yeah, exactly. Um, your Astros are still in it. As I was going to say, is like, I think social media to, to me, a, a good social media is, is just authentic. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, if I have an individual core value, like that's certainly one and gratitude is one. Like I would hope so. If someone does choose to follow me, great. And if they don't, that's fine too. But if they do, hopefully they get a sense of who I am and, and the things I care about. And sure, I'll post a picture about my family or talk about how depressing the twins losing the playoffs <laughs> is. But then also talk about something that I feel like at my company and the thing that's something that's on my mind. And I think it, that's when the tool is amazing is when you really feel like this look. I mean, like us doing this podcast, right? Like you walked by the fact that you even have a physical interaction with Lemonade because you walked by our mm-hmm. door is pretty rare. Usually people are like, I've never met someone from South Dakota. <laughs> I mean, most of our, about 2% yeah. of our business is done here. Most of our business, uh, if we do go out and visit the client, we try to do that, but often it's done through calls and emails and, and, and Slack. And, um, and so you had a physical connection with Lemonly by walking by, but we've still never met in person. And then we connect on Twitter and then you read our blog and, and I would hope, you seem like you get a good idea of what of who we are. Yeah, we totally. Um, and now we're talking about it on the podcast. And so I think that's the power when done correctly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And I get that all the time when I tell people I'm from South Dakota, like, you're the only person that I know from there. And of course, it's, oh, isn't there more cows than people? There's all the typical responses. Yeah. But, like this alien species. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so that's, this is all great, John. Um, so I guess to that point, uh, this is kind of a good closing message to people if they want to follow you. They can follow you on Twitter at John T. Meyer, and um, I'll, I'll put that in our description slash show notes. Yeah, and that's a branding lesson there. So I was always just John Meyer, right? Growing up, that was that's who I was. And then uh, when I got into this digital world, if you Google my name, Google will actually say, did you mean John Mayer? Uh, oh, shoot. Say, I didn't even think I'll of say, that. No, Google. Like, I know how to spell my name. Is <laughs> Mine is with an E. Uh, but that's his SEO dominance is even if you spell his wow. my name. So the T and then, and then everything will, will change. The results will be quite different. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, I'll make sure to put it in there so people know how to spell and everything. Um, and your website is lemonly.com. So yeah, that's yeah, pretty check out easy. The work. If you have any questions, you can read about our benefits and culture. I think one thing I'm passionate about now is helping other companies build their culture. And so even if it's just like, if you want to shoot me an email or send me a tweet, what are ways that you can take these ideas? And that's why so much of it is public, you know, take the blog yeah. post and bring it back to your team, use our benefits uh, and copy it. What, you know, however it can, I, I think the more we talk about this stuff, um, you know, we spend a lot of our working week or our, our living week, our, a lot of our life, as I'm trying to say, <laughs> at work. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully, gosh, hopefully we're doing so at a place that we want to come to work. And my goal is like, when people walk past that door that says home of the world's best infographics, whether it's Monday or if it's Friday, they are equally excited to, to walk in those doors. Well, that's awesome. And I'm definitely going to come and see you guys sometime as soon as I can. And I want there to be some lemon bars because okay. I'm most excited. Get a Huckleberry shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, John. Really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for having me, Chantel. It was fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and of course, like, comment, rate, and share. Thanks for listening.